I feel like the thing that I constantly heard was like, and from all my teachers, you know, who I very much respected, but like, I heard it in a sense of like, this is them rejecting me. And I got, I got turned away from like advanced study and things like that under the guise of, well, you need to learn the rules first. Mm. And only then, once you learn the rules, only then can you break the rules. And I'm just kind of like, but who's making the rules? New York, I know you have. Yeah, yeah. Every morning that I wake up, I think about my ambition. Hey, humans. Welcome back to La Mezcla. I'm so excited to have you here. A uh, quick little thing. Uh, the next couple episodes uh, were recorded on very, very hot days. Uh, and I probably should have turned off my air conditioner during the recordings for sound quality purposes, but I didn't. It was like 98 degrees, and I'm sure you understand. My guest today is Lauren Clark. Uh, Lauren is a stand-up, she's an actor and a writer uh, and an improviser, and I'm sure many, many other things. Uh, I had the good fortune of meeting Lauren on the set of a film we worked on together, and she's just the absolute best. Uh, We had a great conversation ranging from uh, growing up in Indiana as a black person and what that was like, uh, to moving to New York and trying to find her comedic footing here. Uh, And we also got to talking about the turning points in her life that led to her cultural identity becoming a much more active part of her work. Uh, It's a really great conversation uh, and Lauren's the best. I was searching for a perfect place and time to get peace of mind. It wasn't hard to find. I got like I saw on the skin and yet it's mine. Where I go to unwind. I guess I'm obsessed with equality. Let's start. Okay. Let's, yeah. Oh, we've been recording. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. We're a little sneak attack. It. Yeah, cool. Why are you super into equality? Well, Adrian, <laughs> we're not doing a show, we're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And this is how I speak. No, I'm uh, I, I'm reading a book that I was supposed to read a long time ago, but I'm only just now getting around to it. Uh, the Autobiography of Malcolm X. Oh, cool. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like four chapters from being done. I really wanted to finish before I turned 30, but it didn't happen. Oh, yeah, happy belated, by the Thank way. Thank you. Thank at, you so much. At the time of recording, your birthday was what? Yesterday? Two days ago? My birthday was on Wednesday. Okay. So that's when I crossed over. Happy birthday. And I'm a grown-ass woman now, yeah. Um, But I, yeah, I just, yeah, man, I don't know. (laughs) I just... The, it's a, it started it's a with book. I'm really into equality. Lately. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so for it. Uh, yeah, no, I think within like the last couple of years, I've just been doing a lot of digging, a lot of soul searching, That's great. and kind of realizing I don't know who the fuck I am or where I come from. And yeah, just I'm from Indiana, so mm. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But like, how long have you been in New York? I've been here since 2012, so it'll be, okay. yeah, it'll be seven years next year. Cool. Um, but I feel like the kind of conversations I'm having now, especially because I'm, you know, in comedy, yeah. there's so many discussions about diversity that, like, we were never having those back home in Indiana, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I always knew... Were you doing comedy or performance no. in Indiana? I mean, I was very into musical theater and I was always in choir and stuff I but that. yeah <laughs> give me two musicals that you were in when okay you were in. um so one my favorite honestly was Children of Eden 
Spark of creation. Spark up in of here. creation. <laughs> You're talking to a fellow former musical theater. Yes, I yeah, I really love that. And honestly, I think that that is how it went. I think that God is our dad, <laughs> and he got mad at us, and we're just like. Oh, so hard to be a parent. That's yeah. the moral of the story. Pretty much. It's just so hard. I don't to be remember a, a ton about that show. You don't need to. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> the music's great, but okay. Um, one more. One other. The other one that I loved. These were both in college. Um, I was in Tommy. I, don't I was know that the one. I was the psychotic doctor. Oh, it's crazy. Who wrote it? The Who. What? Who? The Who. Yeah. That's really a thing. It is. I've it's never heard of it in my life. It's um. It's insane. Okay. It's really. I think it's on. Um. It's gotta be on youtube i can't and tina turner is in it what yeah she's fantastic why have i not watched this yeah man it's crazy that's so cool yeah so So when did you start doing theater and stuff oh man i mean i've always been a performer Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was like some E True Hollywood story stuff. <laughs> I it, as it was coming out, I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Um, I guess like I don't know, like church maybe, because I was always in like our little Christmas pageants and mm-hmm. things like that, and you know there was a lot of drama. Was the family super religious? My um, my, yeah, my mother. Yeah, my mom's pretty religious mm. still. And my dad, like, did it for my mom. He, he yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also, like, has a history of being a part. Like, his great-grandfather founded, like, the great AME church that's in Whoa. Indiana. Wow. So, yeah, he kind of, like, played his part. Got it. And, like, went. But I don't think I don't think any of us go anymore. My mom lies that she that's, does, but I don't think she does. That's kind of, well, my mom doesn't even lie. My family yeah. just sort of uh, stopped giving a shit when I was yeah. around age nine or that's something cool. like that. Yeah, yeah I yeah. wish. Oh my did God. you go to Sunday school and everything? I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus. Know all about that guy. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Five Jesus facts now. Okay, he died on a cross. Okay. He loves wine. Okay. And bread. That's two, three. Um, he was black and full vibe. Um, Jesus loves you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that the second one was he loves wine. <laughs> one thing we know about Jesus is he just loves he was wine. He's making it all over the place. Like any chance he got, he's making wine. <laughs> Jesus, oh boy, oh boy, slow down. Okay, so I feel like we did not intro this at all. Okay. So I'm gonna attempt to do that now. Okay. So hi everybody, this is Lauren Clark. Sup, y'all. <laughs> Uh, and this podcast is called La Mezcla, and it's about our, you know, the way our cultural background informs our art, our work, our life, all that shit. So yeah. tell us and give us your deal. My deal. Culturally, like, boy, oh boy. like oh, okay. in, the, in, the, <laughs> in the frame of this podcast. So I am a New York City-based comedian. I do stand-up and improv, and I am a black, uh, 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 get it, but... I was twerking, like I was up on the wall. It was there were backflips involved. Yeah, um, but I'm a black woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a black woman, and I'm very light skinned. So a lot of times people think that I'm the 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 question is like, what are you mixed with? And I'm always like, fuck you. Mm. I'm human, um, but I'm my mother is black and my father is black, so I'm a black woman. Have you been getting the what are you mixed with your whole life? All my life, yes, yes, yes. Um, what was the what was the makeup of your hometown like? Was it uh, demographically speaking? technically pretty diverse? Okay. 
Um, like, we were all, like, mixed up and things like that. But like I said, nobody really talked about where they came from sure. and their heritage. Um, I feel like the one time we did, it was Black History Month, and it was always, like, the same, you know, like Martin Luther King. Yeah. And then we're done, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, they're doing a lot more in schools now, which I'm like, good. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Uh, you're growing up. You're you're maybe getting a- asked what you're mixed with. Yeah, you're growing up with a, what, a lot of white kids. Yeah, I I think it was pretty like half and half. I think I had a lot of white friends and I had a lot of black friends. I had a lot of Latino friends as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like really, you know, the suburbs. We kind of all grew up watching Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy. Like we were just kids, you yeah. know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff doesn't really, know. like, it doesn't, factor yeah. in until you're a little bit older. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I always... I honestly think I thought that I was white for a really long time. Really? Yeah. Like, I felt like I was black at home, but then at school, like, I don't... I never would have said it out loud. Like, if people would have asked me, I would uh-huh. have said that I'm a black person. But just, like, I didn't think that it mattered. Interesting. Like, until... I was much older, mm. you know? So do you think there was, like, a, some code switching involved there between school and home? Probably, mm. yeah. I for sure do, yeah. Cool. Can you think of anything? Gosh, I mean, I think the most code switching I ever did was probably, like, with my friends, like, playing outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then definitely at school, and yeah, I think with my parents, I probably behaved the same way with them as I would at school. Like, cause just like right, authority. Cause they're your parents. Yeah, 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 cause yeah. they're my parents. But like, I feel like I was just like a ratchet kid and just like, I always wanted to be outside. I was <laughs> always playing kickball. I was always yelling at adults that I didn't know. That's dangerous. And I know, no, no. It was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> and actually, I, cause I just went home recently and uh-huh. my family, they were telling me like how I was as a kid. And apparently, I was very shy until I got to know you. And I think that that's kind of how I still am. Interesting. Um, but I, I also, like, hear my brother just like, yeah, you were always, like, getting in fights. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, he was man. like, yeah, you bullied me. He's older than me. Are we talking scream fights or are we talking fist fights? <laughs> I think fist fights is Holy what he shit. was. Because I do remember, like, slapping him. But it was always like... Like, I was probably right. Yeah, yeah. Are you the older or the younger? I'm the younger. <laughs> I'm also I was, the younger. Okay. But I, I have an older sister, and when I was younger, I was the one, like, she would kick the shit out of Really? Me. I yeah. think that, I don't know what that is. It's just like, I don't know, women, we're, we're a trip. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Yeah, that. but yeah. Uh, what can you say about men? Yeah, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. Garbage. This is true. Gosh. So when did you, when do you leave Indiana? So I left Indiana in 2012 after college. Cool. Did you go to um, in-state college? I did. I went to a school in Greencastle, Indiana, which was a very, very white neighborhood. Got it was it. small. What was school there like? Um, Kind of just another four years of my high school experience. I mm. think it was a little more... I probably took a few more risks... But also, I only went to college because my parents were like, we're not going to let you move to New York yet. So yeah. I was like, fine. Got it. And I went to school. Um, 
And yeah, it was literally like in the. I went to DePaul University, and it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I've heard of it though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I also knew I was like, okay, so I'm not going to find my husband there because <laughs> everybody's white, and I don't want to. I don't want to be with a white dude. Oh um, yeah, talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> talk about that. Yeah, I just I've I've dated white people before, and uh-huh. I just. There's a lot of explaining that sure. I hate doing, and just like black people, there's a language, you know? Like, right. I don't have to... There's a shorthand. Yeah, I don't have to explain why I wrap my hair up at night, you know? Mm. And um, I guess I just, like, want to be lazy in a relationship. I just want you to know all the things there is to know. You know when I'm going to be difficult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know that that is worth having in your life. And you don't want to have to you don't have to have to spend time and energy like being an educator to this yeah. person. I don't want to coach you and how to be my ally like just yeah. Yeah. It's Do you feel that way in other uh contexts like in working with relationships friends, and with stuff? coworkers? Yeah. Oh boy, do I. Do you know? I think I don't I I think I I do kind of like being like naturally kind of a mentor mm-hmm. um, but sometimes it does get really frustrating because like all my white friends like just randomly hit me up about like did you see this most recent like attack oh. this police and I'm just like first Ooh. of all I probably did see it and I'm feeling all of the things you're feeling and then some yeah. or I haven't seen it yet and you're literally ruining my day Oof. and I get asked a lot of the time I used to not know how to deal with it so I would just be like I'm here for you I'll listen I know it's so hard yeah I know for a really long time but now that's why I'm so happy I'm reading Malcolm yeah because he's just like white people this isn't just stay away just Mm. do nothing like if you really need to help don't do anything got it and that is like that's a game changer for me Mm. because I'm just like yeah that's cool keep it to yourself or go tell somebody else you know I have boundaries now (laughs) that's great yeah (laughs) hashtag adulting it's so hard do you find stuff like that happening in comedy circles yeah like when you're working on I think comedy was like the first place where I was like oh I'm a black person oh cool so okay cool so let's let's start from the beginning then so when do you start doing comedy I started pretty much as soon as I moved here uh, at an improv school. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I should say which one. People who know me know which one. Okay. But I'm like, okay. If you don't feel comfortable saying it, that's fine. I literally <laughs> don't care. Don't? Okay, cool. No, if you don't care, then I don't care. Yeah. Um. So I started taking sketch and improv classes at UCB, and right away. <laughs> A forbidden name. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said the. I said it. I said the secret word. Um. No, but pretty much from the jump, I was like something different like Mm. there's I'm different but it's not because of anything that I'm saying and this is in 2012 this is in 2012 yeah um and I just know oops sorry Jesus Christ (laughs) you have your ringer on during my show it's already interrupted by both air conditioning and bachata music (laughs) on the street so why do I care well because we're trying to be professional. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, what are we talking about? It's 2012. You're oh, yes. starting at an improv theater that will not yeah. be named. You're yeah. feeling. <laughs> you're feeling a little. A little. Yeah, I'm feeling a outside. little. It's not so much that I don't feel that I fit in because I know that I am funny and I just like I'm new to the city and I want to meet people. But I also feel like I have to work a lot harder to get my stuff seen mm. and. 
to, like, have people understand where I'm coming from. Like, there was, like, one... I mean, this is so stupid. But, like, I remember, like, I, I wrote, like, a hip-hop battle sketch or whatever. And people were just like, hmm, why hip-hop? And I don't know. It's just, it's a thing that stands out to me. Because I'm like, that's not a question that would ever be asked in a black circle. Yeah. Like, it's just, like... I felt that was the main so, note. Yeah, why? Hip-hop? Honestly, and I walked out of that, and I was just kind of like, I don't know if this is for me. Um, but I also, yeah, I knew it, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, like languages. I knew that I would be speaking a different language, right? And if I pursue uh, training here or whatever, I'm gonna be fitting in with what they expect. Got it. You feel like you'd be, like, uh, shifting yourself for their mold instead of the other way around. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't super self-aware because I was literally in their system for, like, five years. Yeah. Um, yeah but I, I was, was frustrated I was in it the for entire like time. somewhere around there, a little less, okay. I think. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I guess I kind of thought, like, it's okay to, like, trade in my identity if eventually one day they'll put me up and highlight my voice. Mm. Oof. You know? That is, Cause the that thing is that, a real thing you ooh, just said. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I feel like the thing that I constantly heard was, like, and from all my teachers, you know, who mm. I very much respected, but, like, I heard it in a sense of, like, this is them rejecting me. And I got, I got turned away from, mm. like, advanced study and things like that under the guise of, well, you need to learn the rules first. And only then, once you learn the rules, only then can you break the rules. And I'm just kind of like, but who's making the rules? Right. All the people who are making the rules, the only reason they're telling me I'm not following them is because I'm saying something that you don't hear. Yeah. I think this is a, it's a dynamic that's common to literally any institution, whether it's like a performing arts like a theater sure. like this. For people in marginalized communities trying to break into those systems, they're probably told at every turn, like, you need to learn the rules before you can break right. the rules. Right, right. And so for me, it was like watching weekend teams and seeing what they talk about and what they their style of performances and a lot of it was like patient at first and then aggressive and Mm. I was very aggressive right from the (laughs) jump because I just like I wanted to be funny I wanted to get laughs and I, I I mean I don't know if this is true but the sense that I got was that white people don't want you to be too good too fast that was what I learned at that school honestly wow they don't want you to be too good too fast. Like That school that you'll never know the name <laughs> of. <laughs> yeah, can you just, like, go through our conversation and bleep out? Yeah, I'll do, like, the, the Chris Gethard Beautiful Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, so, so, so then you start to migrate away from that training, maybe. So yeah. where, where does your artistic mind go? Um, I start obsessively journaling and kind of talking a little bit more... With my mom. My mom was kind of a huge part of the process. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, diving in and doing stand-up, um, it was, I think it was, like, 2015, which was actually, like, the worst year of my life because I had to, I moved, like, seven times that year, and I was just, like, Oof. a mess. It sucked. But that was also... Woo, There's my neighborhood, hey, everyone. Hey, hey, <laughs> There's my it. neighborhood, everyone. It's, like, raining outside, and they're having barbecues and shit. They don't care. I it love it. It never ends. <laughs> I love it. Literally wow. any second now, this could end, everyone. <laughs> we, we might just need to push Does this through happen this. a lot? 
Oh, almost all the time. That's this really corner funny. is. Do you sleep? Crazy. Yeah. Do you get sleep? It like it it calms it. down eventually, but it's the <laughs> middle of August in yeah. Washington Heights. So. That's true. It's very lively. Um, it's kind of beautiful. Anyways, it's a symphony. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, I can kill somebody right now. Wow. What were we talking I'll, about? I'll speak closer to the yeah, mic. Yeah, great. Um, we're both going to just, like, get real intimate <laughs> with the mic. Um, I was talking about improv. Uh, oh, starting to do stand-up. Your mom made a big uh, yeah. impact during 2015. Well, I was just telling her that I was, like, frustrated with the theater, and I didn't understand why people weren't really, like, seeing me. And she was just kind of like, well, you used to, like, write all the time. Are you still doing that? And I was like, no. <laughs> Not really. I'm writing, like, dumb sketches and stuff, and I'm tweeting, but apparently that's not, like, serious writing. So she was like, well, you should do something. People like TV shows off of their Twitter That's true. Accounts. That's true. That's what I said. But, I mean, I don't think I, don't think I was doing it with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I think those people actually had, like, a level of discipline that, like, sure. shows. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 I wasn't doing it I mean, it like if that. I said that shit to my mom, if I was like, Mom, I'm, like, focusing yeah. really hard on tweeting, I'd get the, like, <laughs> Oh, she'd be like, cool. my mom was like, what is that? My line at all times, whenever I'm doing some dumb comedy thing, like when I'm in a basement somewhere wearing a costume, getting ready to go on stage, <laughs> is like, my mother moved to this country when she was 20 years old. Oh. And I'm doing this right now. <laughs> That's what she moved here for, though. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So we can have the freedom to do that if that's what we want to do. Yeah. I love that. Um, uh, so, my, 2015, you're starting to write more. My, yeah, my it was my mom's idea for me to try stand up, and then just like through more conversations with her, I realized that the reason I was afraid to do it was because all the open mics I had been to previously, I didn't feel supported or seen. It was the same problem Can't I was having. At, yeah, yeah, it was the same issue I was having at UCB. So she was like, "Well, there, aren't there classes? Like, you took improv classes. Maybe there's stand up classes." And just as I was, like, resisting it uh-huh. and, like, no, Mom, this that's money. It won't work. There was a, a class that opened up with um, – she. I, I don't know if she still does it, but the comedian Sue Smith. Cool. She did a class called Improv to Stand Up. Oh. At the same time where I'm, like, doubting everything. Yeah. Like, I think I think it's called synchronicity. Okay. Um, but I'm just, like, it's it's still crazy to me that, like, that's what I was worrying about. And then the universe just opened up this opportunity. Sometimes the timing is right. Yeah. And it was super cheap. And right up my alley. I love Sue. She's so funny and so kind. And there were, like, other friends of mine who, like, found out about it, too. And I was like, oh, this sounds like this is actually going to be really supportive. And it was only a four-week-long class, but I, nice. I'm like, that's where everything started. Because I, she taught me how to, like... Shout out to Sue Smith. Shout out to Sue motherfucking Smith. Okay. Yes. She's... Jesus loves wine. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get him off of that wine. Yeah. Um, problem. Yeah. That's why so that's he hasn't great. been around for thousands of years. So you no. come out of that class, and then you're hitting those shitty open mics. I did for a while. Um, and then I kind of got... I, I think I was just, like... I think I got distracted with improv again. Not to, I shouldn't say distracted because that makes it, <laughs> it seem can like feel like a distraction. It can, because sure. but it's so fun. Yeah. So I think I got like asked to be on. I, I got asked to be on another team, mm-hmm. and the team didn't take off. But I remember practicing with them was so fun. And then I got um, me and my friend started another all-black team, which I'm no longer on because I was just like, I need to not do more improv. I need to, like, write more. But that was also really, really fun. 
Um, that team is called My Mama's Biscuits. They're still doing stuff. So. I've seen it. I've yeah, seen yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was a really fun time. But it was still just like I got I worked myself up to a point where I was just like I was doing way too much improv and not enough writing and creating. So. I think the thing that I said was, like, until I, like, make something, I'm not going to be on another team. Mm. And I'm still kind of there. So, I think yeah. I'm in a kind of a similar place yeah. a little bit. Because I think after five years, like, I'm like... I and thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. Mm. I'm coaching a team right now, so to me, I'm like, that's enough. That's yeah. enough for now. And every now and then, people hit me up and just, like, to hop on or whatever. And I think I have a, a show coming up with a couple of friends of mine, but it's like, I'm not doing practices anymore. I'm not signing up for classes because if after five years, (laughs) I don't have everything that I need, then I'm done. Like either way, I just need to be done. So I want to, yeah. And also I'd imagine, because at the top of this conversation, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I was so happy when the car alarm ended. I know this. Uh, at the top of this conversation, you were talking about, like, I'm getting a little bit older and I'm starting to read more and feel more in touch with my identity. Yeah. Was the shift from improvising, which is, like, improv is wonderful, but it's, like, the laziest thing ever. For sure. To writing stand-up and yeah. writing sketch and other stuff. Like, was that, do you think, partially because you wanted to bring yourself and your background more to your work? Absolutely. Like, short answer, Yes. Bigger, Give me the long answer. answer. Give me the long like, one. Well, I mean, there were just so many amazing things that were coming out. I want to say it was like 2016 or 2017, like mm-hmm. Atlanta and um, Insecure. And then I think also Jay Farrow had a show which got canceled. And oh, I'm like, yeah. what? I it was what like, was it I think, honestly, I think it was because it was on Showtime. Like yeah. that was, done. it was um, white, fun, white famous. White famous. White famous. I remember seeing bus ads for it. Yeah, it was <laughs> really funny but I just don't think people mm. I think it might have been too aggressive um, and yeah Michael Che had a special that I still watch like on repeat and I know that he's a complicated figure yes yes, yes. we've all seen the Insta yeah. stories <laughs> <laughs> I know I like people talk to me about him a lot and I'm just like I get it I understand I disagree I think he's funny mm-hmm. and I think he hates everyone Got it. So, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I just, like, I, I think, like, 2015, 2016 was where I started to look around and notice, like, we're out here. We're making shit, and I want to be one of those people. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, just... But then I found out <laughs> I can't do what I was doing in improv, where I would just show up. Right. And be funny. Yeah, like that's, I actually that's have kind to, of that's kind of the struggle I'm in right now. It's like, okay, oh, I need yeah. to work really yes, hard. Yes, 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 yes. Like preparation, <laughs> writing things down, practicing, like really questioning practicing. my instincts. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. So I'm what kind of stuff? What kind of stuff do you start making? Um, right now I'm trying to like get a web series going, mm-hmm. and it's like aren't I'm excited all, about it. Aren't we all? <laughs> Makes me want to die. But also, like, it makes me inspired. That's what I'm supposed to say, right, it's, everyone? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Art is where you figure out who you are. Yeah. Um, and, but, I, yeah, I think it's hard because I am also, like, trying to figure out, like, who am I? <laughs> yeah. So, 
I mean, like, therapy has helped a lot. I only started going to therapy, like, a year and a half ago. Oh, my God. I should have. Really? Yeah. yeah. I should have been going. Oh, so, yeah. I'm, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, like, and it's, it's weird to talk about because I'm, like, in the last year, I really do feel like I've grown a lot. And <laughs> that's a good thing. You're saying know, it like you're weird. so embarrassed to I say am, it. But I feel like it's. To talk about yourself that way is like yeah yeah well that's why we're gross. here that's why yeah. we're here okay if you say so uh, <laughs> but I it's it's hard work right and some of that shit is painful and yeah. a lot of stuff has come up and I'm realizing that like part of improv was also me running away from who I am like the more and more I got into it. Mm. <clears throat> It did kind of get to a place where it's like, how do I fit in? How do I become loved? Mm. But all of the things that I found myself worrying about are things that I don't have any control over. Right. You know, you can't control, like, what an artistic director thinks of you. You can't control what other audience members think of you. You can control the amount that you, like, get out of bed and write every day, you right. know? You can control, like, the quantity of jokes and things like that. So I'm trying to focus more on, like, what I can actually control. I love that. You're you know? s- I'm trying. I'm attempting to do the exact same thing. It's really hard to focus yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah. And especially in New York, where there are so many opportunities. And, and so many people going after the same thing you're going after. For sure. It can be really overwhelming, but I think... Like, I, I really boiled it down to the simple act of trying. Trying. If I'm trying, that's enough. I've already won. I'm like, gonna, I don't care. I'm going to use that. I'm going to yeah, use that. Just try. Yeah. Who cares if it's good or bad? Like, if it's good, I said this to somebody last night, and I was like, I should write that down. But anyways. <laughs> Save it for the memoir. Oh, yes. And the podcast. Um, I said, if it's good, then it's a confidence boost. And you know that you could probably do it again if you did it once. If it's bad then you say, you take it in as, like, an interesting experience, and you say, okay, that didn't go the way that I wanted to. How can I do it again? Right. The people who quit are the ones who, like, let despair take over. Yeah. You know? There's a difference between somebody who fails and stays in bed all day and somebody who fails and, like, pinpoints exactly what they didn't like. Could you, like, do, like, a motivational Because <laughs> I would take it. I would take it. Bruh. Like, I, this is what I was talking about when I was saying, like, I love teaching. I love, like, helping people figure their shit out. But I'm also, like, I need to be, I need to be careful. I need to be chill. Because, like, two weeks ago, I spent the entire day looking up, like, what I need to do to become a therapist. Mm. And then I start, I mean, like, I'm still kind of like, I would be such a good therapist. But I also think it's like. That would be a huge shift. It would be a huge shift. And I, yeah, I found myself saying it to other people and they're just like, well, would you still do comedy? And I was like, probably not. Mm. Like, I think it's, it's me wanting to contribute to the world and like prove my worth. The comedy but or like, the therapy? The therapy, okay. yeah. I, I think it's it, I think it's out of insecurity that I did that. Mm. And I was fortunate enough to catch myself after a whole day. <laughs> <laughs> but I was fortunate enough to catch myself and be like, no, I think I'm just, like, scared because I have, like, this other big thing coming up, which already happened. I did a half an hour for my birthday. Ah. It was called, yeah, it was really fun, actually. It was called 30 for 30. But I was so terrified yeah that's so much time it's a lot of time yeah 
Um, I kind of, I don't know. I was back and forth on it a lot, but I was just kind of like, okay, so I'm inviting all of my friends and family. Honestly, some of my friends. I just purposely didn't tell some of them because I was like, if they hate this. I do so many yeah. shows that I don't invite people to. Yeah. And they're <laughs> so all, I, I have people who I know that like, I could eat shit and they would still love me, but there's something that's still like really yeah. hard for me to reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, people showed up and it was like a nice crowd and I did a really good job. And the, yeah. the thing that I was so afraid of, just like eating shit and being mm-hmm. awkward and you know, not saying the right words or phrasing things the right way. Like, none of that shit happened. Yeah. So I feel like that's... It was just, like, a big breakthrough because I'm like, yeah, I'm so creative. My fears are, like, so imaginative and crazy that they aren't even... They're never going to come to fruition, you know? I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's how good I am. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like, my, I'm so good, my fears can't even be realized. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was into it. Okay. I'm sure whoever's listening you to this will You know what? Yeah, I will write. I'll put it in my memoir. It's fine. Beautiful. Yeah. So what kind of, or do you find your background, like your blackness coming into your stand-up a lot? More you, so Are you now. talking about that, or are you yes. sort of shying away from it? More so now. It used to scare me to talk about my blackness mm-hmm. I like I like saying it my blackness you say it as much as you uh, <laughs> but I think that was mostly just cause I I wanted to deflect as much attention away from it as possible like there was a time where I felt like people would try to reduce me to that and mm-hmm. like I don't want to like frat boy like asshole friends yeah. just I don't out of a desire to fit in with them. Yeah, Indiana, <laughs> Indiana. That's kind of all that there was. Yeah. But I remember, like, getting into this insane argument with one of my friends about, like, the only reason you got into college is because of affirmative action, and I've had to work a lot harder than you. Whoa. Yeah. Like, a really good friend of mine. Whoa. Like, one of my best friends. I actually still keep in touch with him, um, but I think his opinions on affirmative action have since changed. But, like, yeah. It was, like oh, shit, some of my friends, like, are just racist. Mm. That was nuts. Which is why, did you ever see um, Hassan Minhaj? Did you see his special? Uh, No, but my mother has literally texted me five times about this special. I do need to watch it. Every person, like, if you are a person of color, that to me is, like, mandatory. Like, you have to see that special. It's so good. I'm on it. You, oh, it's so good. It, like, I, I remember I was watching it, and I was, like, screaming at some of the point. Oh, man. I don't know. One of the things that, like, really blows me away in that special and I relate to so hard is that I didn't... He says, I didn't know that people... Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fudge it. I didn't know that people could smile at me while hating me. Mm. That might not be how it goes, but there's a whole story around it. It's super good. Honestly... Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I'm really curious about you too, though, because okay, yeah. I didn't know that you you're half Peruvian. You're half yeah, Peruvian. Nobody does. <laughs> Why would they? Look at me. <laughs> uh, yeah, because like the first place I met you was on I think I think it was on one of the first places. Yeah, Alex Nader's her film side piece. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. that was it. 
And I remember thinking, like, what a handsome white boy. But I literally was like, That's, yeah, story of my life. Do most people assume that you're white? Yeah, I don't. Do you correct them? Yeah. I don't blame them. I so I never did. Uh, always like somewhat similar, shied away from my Latin exness okay. uh, because I feel there's multiple layers that I've talked to uh, with uh, people before. But like, there's multiple layers of guilt. I have a ton of white guilt because I'm like half white. I live with all that privilege, both right. here. And in South America, where white privilege is like maybe worse there than it is here, I've heard almost yeah. definitely. Um, so, like, uh, colorism is a big thing colorism down there. Is yeah. So partially, I was like, I'm. Everybody sees me as a white kid, so I'm just going to be a white kid. And I grew mm. up in a very white town. Mm. Uh, and then partially, it was like I can't even claim being Latino because I don't like I. I I experience all the benefit of uh, passing as white and none of the right. uh, the, the hardships of like being. But a you're not of like white. if somebody is like, oh, you're half Peruvian. You're not like I'm white actually. No, like, you don't I, well, I was like that for a while. Wow, I was like that for a while. When I, I was want a you kid. to talk to my nephew. <laughs> oh yeah, that's really interesting because he's he's passing. He has blue eyes, uh-huh. curly hair, and he lives in a very white part of Indianapolis. Not yeah. even Indianapolis. It's a town called Fishers, and. He identifies as white. Yeah, and I, it bugs me. I was like that for a long time. Yeah. Um, even when like he's young, he's eighteen. So. Okay. Yeah, I think probably I turned a little bit before then, uh, like late high school, early. Yeah. Co- well, even in college though, uh, I went to Boston University, which is like okay. a very yeah. segregated. Like there's some diversity, but it's very segregated. It's in Boston, and it's in Boston, so. which is already an incredibly racist city. Uh, so it took me basically until I graduated to start, like, really identifying as, uh, Latino. Uh, so that's why I have, like, Peruvian shit on the walls. Love it. Um, but yeah, it was, like, a long road to being able to talk about it. And it feels like a very complex thing with my mix (laughs) and the way this country functions when it comes to skin color. Right. Um the world really yeah yeah Yeah, but especially this country yeah Uh, and especially right now with uh latin people the way we are treated is like terrifying yeah yeah where were we before this um (laughs) we were talking about hassan minaj oh gosh but but why did i have that i am all over the place it's it's supposed to be all over the place so we were talking about your stand-up and you did 30 minutes in the way your uh your identity is coming more into your work yes um yeah and i really like it i think it's mostly just i think a result of like working on myself and realizing like I have a very complex story Mm. and there are parts of me that I'm really, really proud of. And then there are parts of me that I'm not so proud of Mm. and it's okay to talk about it all. Yeah. And probably the things that I'm most ashamed of are the things that I should be talking about. And not necessarily that I'm like ashamed of being a black person, but, um, I think what I like I have a bit where I talk about like being numb to it Hmm. you know not really like not really feeling the pride that I now do feel Hmm. very much um that's why I got braids no (laughs) (laughs) um but I think yeah I just 
I, I want to I wanna bring as much of who I am to the stage as I possibly can because, like, it really is true. Like, just the simple act of getting on stage, you, under, you understand yourself better. Totally. There's power to that. Yeah. But it's always on the other side, you know? So until you, like, do it, you can only imagine. Right. So it's on the other side where you're just kind of like, oh, this is who I am, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So as you're, like, continuing to progress as a stand-up, as a comedian, as a writer, like, how... What, like, give me your, like, wildest uh, future fantasy of, like, how your, how, how your work is going to, like, not change the world, but, like, how, like, what in your dream uh, job, like, what are, what functions are you performing? How is your blackness factoring into it? Boy, oh boy. I mean, really, the goal is to be Spike Lee. <laughs> okay. But I could also just be saying that because I just saw Black Klansman. I gotta see um, it. Oh, it's so good. I I had an Insta story about, like, after watching it, I was just stressing out and wandering <laughs> through Target. I went in and I was like, guys, that movie, I'm only going to spend $15, but I spent 65 And I'm like... It stressed me out so much, but in a good way. In a way where I'm just kind of like, yes. Wait, so when you're this is a when you're stressed, you buy stuff I buy at Target. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a Target near, <laughs> there's yeah. one right up on 225th Street. Don't tell me Street. that. It's no, close. but I'm not stressed out right now. It's like now. four stops away. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I do need more earrings. Um, yeah. So that movie was amazing, mm-hmm. and I want to make stuff like that. Mm. Um, and just everything that I'm making, I want to draw, I want to, I, I just want to tell the truth. I just want to, I don't know what that means. I was about to ask. Yeah. Um, what is it that he, Spike does? Like, it's, I think, like, he uses his art, in the, to put it simply, he uses his art to call out those in power. Mm. And, you know, whether they're doing a good job or a bad job, like, he's showing us, like, he's being a mirror back for, like, what's literally happening around us. Yeah. And the biggest thing to me is, like, even though I know all of this shit, you know, being reminded that not that much has changed. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Because I'm still just kind of like, I think, I think because there's been so much progress, people have a tendency to pat themselves on the back and say, okay, we can chill out for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't think that we're there yet. I don't think... I'm just like, why are people not, like, screaming in the streets every single day? And I'm sure there are probably areas where that is happening. Yeah. But we just aren't hearing about it. We're not hearing about it on the news. We're not hearing about it on radio. And in people's art, not enough. Yeah. There's still way too many white spaces in New York... You know, I know that there are, you know, there are some places for people of color and shows and things like that. But the only reason it seems like there's so much is because before there was there was none. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really not like if you're really paying attention, it's really not that much. And especially because we're in New York, too. You know, in Indiana, I didn't I, I couldn't find another like show there's like two clubs there wasn't another show that I think I did like four while I was home there was maybe two other people of color and they weren't black I don't think that yeah I don't Mm. think they were black so yeah I don't know there's also the fact that you know we're still a minority and there are technically more white people but like 
it's like half and half, you know? <laughs> it's not that few of us, you know? There's, there's a lot. Well, you're also some, you're someone who's creating spaces like that, too. You're hosting the show at Caveat, to. right? Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, tell I'm, me a little bit about that. Oh, thank you for bringing it up. I I, I also, um, I thought you were talking about another show that I'm doing. Oh, tell me about so all I'm your doing, shows. Absolutely. So I'm doing um, a show with Julian Williams. It's just straight stand-up. But the only thing that we're doing is we're booking no straight white men that's it anybody can come just as long as you're not straight and white and a dude um and then that show is called sweet and lowdown uh and that's august 26th at 7 30 at velvet cool brooklyn this will probably come out this week okay yeah awesome (laughs) (laughs) um and then the show profiled that I co-host with my friend Marcella Onyango. That is a comedy show about racial profiling. And where, it did is, that, where did that idea come from? How long? Have that you was Marcella's out? idea, and she came to me with it. Honestly, a little hesitant whether or not she should do it, and I was like, um, fuck yes, you should do this show. Yeah. There are no shows like this, you know, like. Talk we're, about a way. That's exactly what you were just talking about. Yes. Using comedy as a speak truth to power. Yes. Tool. And I think, you know, I I mean, I think there are shows about racial profiling, but this is literally like we have stand-up comedians come on and talk about their experiences and then like they're joking about it, but it's also like in a very truthful, real way. And I think it's pushing a lot of people to like see the bigger picture outside of their own experiences. And it's like, you know what? If you're a black person and you've experienced racial profiling and you walked away from it, you can laugh about that shit now. Mm. You know, but also at the same time, what are you doing to make sure that doesn't happen to somebody else? Right. And so that's, I think, the point of what Marcel and also like we have research and every month is a new theme. Um, Last month, the theme was just because it was the first one. It was just Uh like racial profiling in general. And now this next one coming up on September 12th, we're going to be talking about the war on drugs. Oh, cool. Yes. So look out for that. Um, it's a raw, crazy show. There's some real <laughs> moments of like gravitas, but you know who I want to see that show? I want the teacher that gave you the note. Why pop? <laughs> <laughs> I want that teacher to see. It that was show. another student, but that's oh, my other thing too. I'm just like, why are the students talking? Like, <laughs> aren't you learning the same as me? But I don't know. Yeah, all my teachers were cool. Got it. Got I liked it, except the ones who didn't pass me through to advanced study. All right. I think that shit was racist. You but. all know who you are. You <laughs> all know who you are. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're like around the 45-minute mark. So is there anything we haven't touched on that you want to talk about? Um, I have an aunt who hates Irish people. Oh, I'm half Irish. <laughs> Let's hear it. So it's really funny because... I have all, especially my South American family, all very racist. Really? <laughs> yes. It's she, I, I don't even know if I can describe it as racist, but like every Thanksgiving we ask her about why she hates Irish people. And she's just like this sweet old, she's not old, but she's like this sweet elderly black woman and like the most generous woman, the most amazing woman I've ever met. She's Uh recently retired. And I honestly, I love her so much. Like she's up there with my mom. And I've never seen her like break into an angry tirade quicker. Oh, the music, their little jig. Why are they so into green? Why do they love green? And I'm like, Aunt Elsa, I think you just hate St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I think you just 
just hate how much like they party and I'm like I'm I'm one of them like I'm drinking green beer and going nuts oh like my God. ooh I won't tell you that but yeah I think it's just she hates I, I really do think it's just that she hates St. Patrick's Day but she phrases it as I hate Irish people well if St. Patrick's so Day is really all funny. you know of Irish people yeah. then I would fucking hate it too well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> I love St. Patrick's Day. I love an opportunity to drink way, way too much. Yeah, I guess for me, I'm like, if I'm if I want to drink too much, I'll make an opportunity. That's but true. Like, St. Yeah. Patrick's Day in this city is garbage. The worst. Yeah, yeah. I don't participate garbage. in New York. The only yeah. thing worse is SantaCon. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, I guess SantaCon is kind of like it's the same thing. The Christmas St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that's hilarious. I'm gonna talk about that on stage. Still your joke. I want 10%. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right. Lauren, thank you so All much right. for doing this. this of very course. Fun. Where else would I be on a Saturday? I don't know. Literally anywhere else. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like in my bed. I don't know. Well, I need to you. do more New York things. Like You're welcome. What? Like what? Like what? Um... What did I just recently do? Well, I was talking to my friend Rachel about how I've not been to... It's been like three years since I've been to a Broadway play. Mm, it's not that good right now. <laughs> to be completely well, I've honest... I've never seen Lion King, so... Oh, shit. Yeah, go do I that. go see Lion King. Go do yeah. that, for sure. It's expensive, though. I know, but maybe I can, like... <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I love that this yeah. podcast became us talking about how expensive you the Lion <laughs> I'm a terrible host. I'm the worst host in the world. What what should I see? Uh, Oh, God. I don't know. You should definitely see Lion King. Carol Um, King was the other one that we were thinking about. Yeah, that one's still around. I think that one's good. I haven't seen a lot. It's just Broadway theater, like commercial theater feels a little bit like talk about something that's a very old, rich, white space. Oh, Uh, boy. Yeah. It doesn't feel. There's a lot of cool stuff happening downtown and occasionally something cool happens on Broadway. But it's very few and far between, I Do you know what's, like, sad to me? I feel like there aren't, like, classic long runs of anything anymore. Because Daniel Radcliffe... Because they're the same ones. Yeah. Fucking Phantom is still going. That's cool. See, I like that. But, like, when's the next Phantom coming? You know? Are they making, like, big, epic... Musicals kind of. like that they're about to come out with King Kong the musical. Fuck that. Yeah, what? I mean they're gonna try. They're apparently building like a they, two they thousand really need, pound puppet. That's insane. That like they need to give that story doing. a rest. <laughs> like I'm like, okay, come on. There's too many parallels to be drawn between slavery. That's the thing with Broadway though. It's yeah. it's all commercially driven. Yeah. I'm gonna fix that. Oh, now you're gonna write Broadway yeah. shows? <laughs> Alright. I don't know, I'm gonna make something. I'll be the Spike Lee of Broadway. So look out for me, guys. (laughs) Okay, we are ending it. (laughs) And that's it for this episode of La Mezcla. Thank you so much to Lauren Clark for coming in. Uh, Thank you to you, a human being, for listening to this show. Uh, Hopefully you've subscribed and you can rate and review and all that stuff. Um, thank you to Mateo Sounds for the music. Uh, thank you to Esther Burke for the uh, visual art. Uh, and thank you to anybody who sent me like a nice Facebook message about this show. Uh, it really means a lot that anybody uh, cares enough to engage with it on that level. Uh, and I hope y'all have a great week. We'll have another one for you next Tuesday. Put your up in the air like this. put your up.